Hey there, Bob. Hey, Kevin. How's it going tonight? All right. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, thank you. How'd you like that mug shot? Mine was better. Yours was better. <laughs> I always wonder, I haven't had a mug shot yet, but, you know, I always wonder how I would look. You know, what What face do you make? I, I You know, they had all the 18 of them, you know. I think one of his attorneys, I think Jenna Ellis or whatever, she had a smiling face. Rudy sort of looked like the curmudgeon. But uh, Donald had the, the glare, you know. he. I think he probably practiced that in front of the mirror for a while. What'd you think? Yeah, I was thinking he had to, right? Right. He was he was ready for it. Either that or he made him take a couple different shots. You think you think you think if you're a former president you could ask, you know, to see the see the picture and get the approval before they, they move on? Yep. Yeah. How's how's my hair look and all that? He wasn't there for long, that's for His sure. His hair was perfect. He had the suit, I mean the tie looked good, he had the red tie that he normally have. But he just had the scowl, like, I'm yeah. upset. I'm angry. He, he was obviously posing. I actually thought he would have been smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he should have he done that goofy smile or something. Right? <laughs> a thumbs up, a thumbs up type of thing, you know? Yeah. Sit His up straight. Up. Sit yeah. back a little, shoulders back. Thumbs right. up, smile. Yeah, the campaign pose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. Or, you know, the you know the you his dancing move where he's, you know. He's got his shoulders going and the arms going. That that would have that would have been good. I think it would have gone viral at that point. I think you can feel confident you can already buy it on a T-shirt, though. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there already. Well, in case you haven't guessed, that today was the day that uh, uh, I think it's the probably the first time of. I was trying to think back whether Clinton actually ever got a a mug shot at any point, but I think he he somehow sidestepped that. So. It might be the first presidential mugshot we've ever had. It is, actually. I heard that today, that it was going to be the first presidential mugshot in history. Yeah, I think they just sketched Martin Van Buren when he went in. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> it was just it was just like a chalk drawing. No, I, I, don't, I don't think Martin Van Buren was ever arrested for anything. But, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think there was any. Well, no, no. There was no president arrested in history. Nope. You, you know, I was watching... At least not post-presidency. There probably somebody arrested pre-presidency and it was covered up or not communicated. You know, I was watching uh, Fox today flipping back and forth between the channels just in case he turned himself in earlier. And there was actually an ad on Fox for letters... He, he did an ad. Have you seen this? He does his, the ad himself for the Letters to Trump coffee table book. Have you seen this? I have not. <laughs> it was like a Saturday Night Live live thing. If you if you, yeah, he's got a letters to Trump. So it's like one was Ronald Reagan. I think it's letters he's collected throughout his his life that people wrote, and uh, so he's doing the ad himself. It's forty five books dot com. I think um, is the the absolute funniest thing that I saw at the end. He's got like a seven-year-old uh, boy and like a five-year-old girl, like flipping through the book, smiling. Amazing. <laughs> I gotta go to the website to see what he's charging for that. 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's gotta just... be like forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just cracked me up. I just couldn't. I was like, could you imagine? I'm wondering if he had to like call these people to get permission to print the letters that they. I'm guessing he didn't do that, or either most of them are dead and and or whatnot. So, oh, he's too much. So, anyways, I, uh, I, 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 I got to tell you, I want to read it. <laughs> Maybe one of our nights where we're hanging out, either up there or down here, we just I'll get the book and we'll read it. Yeah, I was looking for a birthday present for Deb, so you know, It'll make the wives much more proud of us than reading Urban Dictionary for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I think they've had enough of that. <laughs> I think they've had enough of that. <laughs> So anyways, we want to welcome to the, to the podcast, SensibleCenterCast.com. Uh, we'll skip the long introduction, but you can find us on the internet at SensibleCenterPack.com. Gmail, SensibleCenterPack at gmail.com. Please send any thoughts, questions, or ideas you'd like us to cover in future podcasts. We always like to hear from our listeners, and we're also on X. And I haven't written that information down yet. USASC Pack. At USASC Pack. All right. And uh, the podcast is available on Apple and Google. And we're working on getting it out to Spotify soon. So uh, thanks for joining us. What we thought we'd do tonight is kind of cover the recent uh, Republican debate, which was right here. In the great state of Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where they're going to hold the DNC National uh, Convention next year. So uh, they rolled through town and had it at the good old Pfizer Forum. Have you ever been to one of those? Have you ever been to a convention, national convention? No, not a convention, nor a debate. Um, I don't know if you have to be like an insider to get tickets to those. I'd, I'd love to go to one. I feel like uh, you kind of do, but I've never tried either. Um, I think for one the, year, actually, it was the one between Clinton's terms. I was in Chicago walking around downtown that night, and they had it going on over at Navy Pier. And they, I tried to go into Navy Pier, and yeah, they stopped me. I said, nope. <laughs> nope. You didn't make it very far? No. Nope. So anyways, Fox... I think this was a Fox News one, right? Uh, they hosted was. the Republican debate. They didn't have the whole field. 12.8 million viewers last night. Is that a good number or a bad number? It's lower than previous years. Well, it's because the big guy wasn't there. I think so, too. We, we made the wrong call on that, though, Bob. We both thought, you know, that he needed to show up. And uh, evidently, he wasn't listening to our podcast. I think... Yeah, I think he. Sh- I still think he should have showed up. I don't know. Uh, you know, we could get into it as we talk about the, the various candidates and kind of what they, what they covered in the podcast. I mean, in the uh, in the debate, and uh, uh, we could talk about whether it made sense for him to skip it. We'll also talk about his uh, his interview with uh, his alternative programming on. Uh, I guess it was on X. You know, Tucker. Is it called Tucker on X? Yep. With Tucker Carlson, uh, which we both viewed also to kind of break that down and see if he had anything uh, 
new to say there uh, in, in regards to his. I think he taped it before the debates anyway, so uh, I don't think he commented on anything directly that was covered in the debate. So what was your uh, what was your take of the? I guess they had eight 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 candidates. I I don't know how big the field is now. I think it's fifteen yeah, or so. Yeah, they had eight. So. Uh, there's yeah, there's more that didn't make the debate stage. Um, uh, and I don't know if I want to go too deep into it right now, but I think there's a few that probably should have made the debate stage just based on some other activity interviews out there on the well in podcasts and on the radio i think they need to be given a bigger opportunity but uh, anyway yeah so there were eight um i honestly think the debate was about what i expect but i was i was still a bit disappointed i, I just feel like and, and it's always that when there's a larger field especially but anytime there's a debate now it's so well scripted and they're not going to say anything that's going to surprise you. None of them really feel sincere. All of them feel like they're just reciting a script, looking for votes, trying not to mess up, playing it safe, right? Uh, it's it's kind of like your prevent defense when you're up 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden you're giving up two touchdowns because you're just trying to play it safe and not lose. And that's what the debate felt like to be honest with you um, which is strange because they all basically have nothing to lose right i mean at this point they're all pretty significant yeah. also rands so why are they playing it safe at this point you know now's the time where you want to like go for gusco make a name for yourself why why i, I don't i don't get it yeah yeah because right, if if you're just gonna play it safe, why bother? Right. Why are they if, even running? If you're under the assumption that Trump has the has the nomination, then why bother? What's the point? It's it's fair. Um, well, before maybe we maybe get... the one guy, the one guy, right, Ramaswamy. He's young. You figure he's got a future ahead of him, running and running again. He's trying some things out. He's new to it. Um, yeah. I've got comments on DeSantis as well. I guess we should probably wait a little bit before we get into that. But yeah, well, I mean, before we do that, I forgot name. that we need to cover what we're drinking. Maybe I've had a bit too much already. I am I, going. I thought with... this was water night. No. <laughs> nope, not water night. I pulled. Uh, again, I'm I'm going with the strategy of just pulling stuff that I neither bought nor know where it exactly came from. But I've got in my hand some rare blended scotch whiskey. It's called J&B. Have you heard of it? I have might, heard of J&B. Might, might be uh, one of the biggest selling uh, scotch whiskeys. I never read the label before, but it's, it's pretty impressive. It says, by appointment to the late majesties. And then it starts with King George III, which has to go back pretty far i think yeah. <laughs> right That's king george the third i think he might have been the uh, uh the second or the third was the revolutionary one i'm pretty sure uh it's a product of scotland so it's true scotch whiskey 
Uh, normally, I don't like scotch. Are you a big fan of scotch? I'm not a fan of the peat. Yeah, I don't know. It's that minerally... Uh, if I'm yep. going to drink, I like... Uh, maybe I'm... I like the sweetness of our whiskey and bourbon better than the the peat uh, yeah. the peat flavor. You know, peat's a little smoky, which the smokiness doesn't bother me. It's just there's something about it that just I can't. Maybe it's because I don't drink good scotch. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll. I like the idea of scotch because oh, absolutely. Uh, but I, I've never been that into it, so. I'm doing it's it a history. Ice. If nothing else, it's a history, and the people that love scotch are passionate about it, which tells me it's probably good. Once you kind of get that, that uh, I don't know, familiarity with it, but I don't know, can't get into it. Right. It's just I I, I don't think even really really good scotch is still going to have that that peat essence to it, right? I mean, yep, if you don't absolutely. if you don't enjoy that, I don't think. No matter how much you pay for it, it's going to make a difference. Although, I, I, don't mind, I don't mind this one tonight. I think it's a little lighter than uh, than I'm used to in, you know, when I've tried scotch before. So, uh, I don't think I've had any of this. Although, somehow the, the bottle's already more than half empty. So, I don't know who's been taking it, but it hasn't been me. So, what are you drinking? I am drinking tonight a Larceny Barrel Proof Batch C922. Nice. Yeah, it's 126.6 proof, so it's it's up there. What's um, it taste like? In, it's good. It's um, a little smoky. Real, su- it's got some sweetness to it. It's a weeded bourbon. A um, little bit of maple. A little bit of oak little bit of pepper but it's, it's got kind of that sweet vanilla almost creme brulee overtone with some you know toasted sugar on it it's, it's, it's good listen, listen to you i'm i'm yeah. like oh it's light it's got some peat in it you're like hey maple sugar you know a little bit of creme brulee but not too well done creme brulee you know when they really yeah. they really put the flame and that you know that's what it is a medium torch Creme brulee. You're down and you visit soon, hopefully. We'll enjoy some stuff. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So um, here's my take on it. And by the way, have you, have you come up with a catchphrase yet? You know, I thought about I thought about going with uh, settle down, Kevin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what I'm going to settle on right now because I just love it. Yeah, it's, it's just so in perfect, right? In honor of right? the latest, latest Beavis and Butthead season, Mike Judge, is a, I'm a fan of his. Why not? Settle down, Kevin. Settle down, Kevin. All right. Oh, Kevin. You're going to go with that? This week. All right. Speaking of, of, uh, of trademarked uh, or catchphrases, uh, you know, I always thought like before a debate they should just bring Michael Buffer out. You know, the the uh, the guy who does the ring announcing. You know, he he copyrighted that "Let's Get Ready to Rumble." I did not know that. Yeah, he he's made he's made like I think he's made like four hundred million dollars. 
And you know, I could I could say it because I'm not using it for a product endorsement or anything. Uh, but yeah, if somebody like uses it in a commercial or to sell a product, he he he's got his attorneys out there collecting the collecting the money. It's brilliant. Well, anyways, I, I'm guessing that's why the RNC doesn't use them because they they'd have to probably pay him pay him good deal of money. That's um, a lot of money. So my my take. Uh, did you see the drone that that Fox was using at all? They started the debate with like a drone that kind of went in front of all the candidates. I think it freaked everyone out because, you know, it was like this little drone and you could hear it speeding across across the theater. I think Chris Christie thought it was going to take a sandwich or something. He had a sandwich. Did you see that? I did see that. He had a sandwich inside his podium. And every time they cut away. I, I, I. People are calling him Krispy Kreme. Krispy. No? Have you heard that yet? No, I'm not. Yeah. And I'm a bigger guy. I shouldn't make fun of him, but it's too easy, right? Yep. Krispy Kreme. Krispy Krispy Kreme Christie. Surprised Trump hasn't come up with anything like that. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sure he'll. That's a good one. He'll probably try to try to take that one over. I think. I, I think it's like, there. I do like him as a bulldog, you know. New Jersey prosecutor kind of guy, uh, somewhat straight shooter, but uh, you know we could get into it. But it, it's, he seems to have lost his way. I think he he had his time back in uh, ten years ago, and then he had that bridge scandal and everything. So uh, yeah, and you seems know, like he's lost I mean, his I've, way. I've heard some other rumors about him, and he's not as. Uh... Uh, how do I say this? Upstanding or conservative, as some people might, or as he might want to be thought of him. Right. Things he's done, people, limos he's ridden in, and things that have happened in the limos and things like that. What? It's, uh, yeah. I don't think I want to. I don't right. want a lawsuit, so I'm not going to expand <laughs> on that. But it's just heard yeah, things. I've heard I've heard some some stories from limo drivers and things. Wow. And, uh, All right. Yeah. And this anyway. isn't internet stuff either. I'm not going to start spreading rumors, but I'm just right. saying it's not internet stuff I read either. Anyway. I'll have to use my catchphrase. Well, hold on a second there, Bob. I think that's the one I'm going to fall on, so um, for now, anyways. Um, for this week. So what I did, I, I thought I'd like keep track of how many times they said Trump's name or the word woke or debt or hunter or reform. So I had tracked those those five things, and number one, it seemed like, strangely, I it seemed like they were running against each other, and didn't want to talk about Trump, which is really strange from a strategy standpoint. I only had before they asked the question about Trump, and even after I had mentioned four times during that 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 two-hour debate they did have one question on him and DeSantis didn't even want to talk about him then so it was like he was Voldemort or something you know they couldn't say his <laughs> name like yeah. like suddenly he was going to appear by, from behind the screen and take them all down that's you know it's kind of strange because Ramaswamy outside of the debate likes to talk about Trump and he likes to support him and he did the 
did that in the debate as well. I, but yes, I was surprised overall how they stayed away from him as a topic altogether. Right, they're scared of him. I think that's that's got to be the that's got to be the reason. Did you hear Max? Party's different. Yeah, is it Max Bear? Brent Bear. Max Bear was Brett. Brett. Brett Bear. Brett Bear. He said, "You know, we need to talk about the elephant in the room." I don't know if he was making a joke about that or not, but maybe he was making a joke about Chris Christie, and everybody missed it. (laughs) That's right. But it definitely seemed to be a pro-Trump crowd too. It seemed, it seemed like they got that indication too, and they didn't want to be booed like Chris Christie was right off the bat and throughout the whole thing. Because I think Christie was the only one who really went against Trump, which is sort of his strategy throughout this, um, being the insider. Um, but that was kind of strange. So to me, it seemed kind of overall that that. They wanted to go after, uh, I'll call him, we'll call him Ramaswamy instead of Vivek. Um, Because it seems like he's been gaining momentum recently. Did you hear him on uh, Bill Maher? I did. On the podcast. The guy likes to talk, and he talks really quick. He does. Uh, He's got good teeth. He does. He's got a good look. Actually, I did a little bit of research on him. Have you you looked into his, his background at all? I have. Uh, he's yeah. got a lot of money. He's got um, money. He's, he's almost got, got a, a billion dollars. He's got a history of taking some donations from liberal entities, at least perceived liberal entities. Well, he got a fellowship money from George Soros, Yeah, which is yeah, kind of interesting. One of the things I was referring to. Um, as recently as March, his uh, position on climate change was drastically different than his position that he took in the debate, which is interesting. Which was what? So in the, uh, in back in March, he told CBS that climate change was real. That was March of this year. But in the debate the other night, he called it a hoax. Yes, he did call it a hoax. I was kind of surprised too that, that he would say that. So that's a line, you know, that would hit hard with the base, right? The Republican or conservative base or MAGA base or whatever you want to call it. Um, And that, you know, that's one of the things I think a lot of people see Ramaswamy as potentially not being honest with them. I think he's a smart guy. He's really quick. He's really smart. Yep. But there's Don't just I... some things there that make you think this guy might just not be what he's pretending to be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see over time. I, just to give everyone a little bit of background, because he seems to be outside of DeSantis and, and possibly Nikki Haley. Um, maybe maybe someone who might challenge uh, Trump here or gain some momentum is being seen an outsider who kind of speaks his mind he's sort of a a pharma bro right i mean he's got his money through uh he's a harvard educated libertarian basically right i mean i i you know if wikipedia has anything to say uh it sounds like he, he leans towards the libertarian and definitely his foreign policy views which he was hit on uh 
last night would, would appear to be uh, libertarian and definitely his his views on uh, getting rid of the FBI and, uh, you know, getting rid of a lot of the uh, government bureaucrats and agencies yeah. uh, appear to be uh, towards and the libertarian the FDA, yeah. So he would, he would, it would seem like he would appeal to, to you and your generation, right? I mean, you I, know, I've been thinking about him a lot. And if you compare him to Trump in 2016, there are a lot of parallels. He doesn't have a lot of political history. There was history on Trump, but he wasn't a politician. He's rich, businessman. Um, he's good with one-liners, so he, he comes off kind of like a bumper sticker, right? Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, all those parallels still he feels drastically different than Trump in the sense that I think a lot of people don't trust him for the same reasons that people trusted Trump. And the only thing I can put my finger on is like Vivek comes off as very smart. Almost cockyingly, you yeah. know, cocky. And, you know, I think I heard on Fox that somebody said that, you know, he seemed very cocksure of himself. I don't know what that means, but. Yeah. That, and, and Trump, you know, is more comes off as more of the common man, right? Just because of the way he <laughs> somehow he's, somehow he's somehow, the common yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> somehow the New York, <laughs> the liberal New York billionaire, <laughs> becomes the common man. But whatever. He just, does, I, way, I agree. You know, it's the way he speaks, that. the way he insults people. <laughs> like that's that's what it. it it's because again, I mean, if you look at him, look at the two candidates, twenty sixteen. Or yeah, twenty sixteen versus now, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. So what what's you know, but why is it that Trump still has this strong following and this strong support and Ramaswamy? I mean, he's he's rising in the polls, but it, I don't think it's the same situation. I can't see him raising to rising to the top. He's not the you know, he's not the cream. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he you know gets a technology strategy and does some interesting things. Clearly he's, he's on the podcast tour and getting out there and trying to appeal uh, to that segment of the population. And like we said, he, he talks a good game. Uh, he raps, right? I mean, if I guess plays he's ton he, of tennis with no shirt on. Yeah. Plays tennis with no shirt on. He's got a hedge fund and Goldman in his Goldman Sachs in his background. Uh, wrote a book called Woke Inc. Although, although you know, Woke only came up. That was only said once last night, and I'm I'm amazed by that. Since it seems a lot a lot of especially DeSantis' campaign seems to be based on wokeness, and Hunter only came up twice, which is kind yeah. of interesting. They didn't focus on him either, or Joe That's for that matter. Really, one of the things I hit DeSantis on. In my note is he really needs to stand on his record harder. He's got a record in Florida standing against the woke left, the COVID lockdowns, you know, the books in grade school, you know, right. things like that. And he, he, 
for some reason, he doesn't stand behind his record. With that record and how he got reelected in Florida, he should be a spokesman for his record. He doesn't need to be a spokesman for himself. Standing behind his record, talking strictly on his record, portray way more confidence. But instead, he just comes off as awkward. And honestly, back when he won re-election, I mean, maybe it's because he was running a state race and nobody noticed, but he did not come off as awkward. I had no perception of that, of DeSantis as being an awkward individual. But you, you watch him now in these national races and he just can't quite seem to just talk. Here's what I did, right? Yeah, I mean, when he talked last night, it was it was weird. I mean... He, he shouted, it was like a re, like a scripted item, and then he would like just stop and look look around. I mean, it was really, he didn't, he couldn't really interact too much, you know, do a back and forth with other people too much. And he would just kind of come in and say his piece and then stop. It, it was really strange. I don't think he's a, a natural debater at all. And I think that's going to, that's going to hurt him here. Um, and again, he just has to stand behind his record. I did this because of this. And, you know, the woke did this, and I did this to combat it. I protected your children by A, B, C, D. You know, and one of the, he stood up there last night, and he was blaming Fauci right. for the economic mess. Right. Yep, he said, There's I would have fired Fauci. To, yeah. There's plenty of stuff to blame Fauci for. Right. I mean, I've got plenty of issues with Fauci, but he's not the issue to be debating in the situation we're in. We have what's going on with the economy. We have what's going on in housing, inflation, right. student loans coming back, you know, interest rates. It's just it, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to me. I don't I don't understand. I mean, he's he's either got really bad campaign management or he just he's completely misguided. Yeah, I was watching, you know, a little bit of Jesse Walters. I guess he's the guy who replaced Tucker, right? Waters. Jesse Waters. Waters. Yeah. Walters, Walters. I don't even have Fox. I don't, I don't even have TV right now. Bob's TV-less. He's doing I this am. all through the Internet. Um, and he had mentioned that, you know, basically none of them really came up with solutions to – any of the problems they presented last night. So, I mean, it's the first debate. Hopefully, you know, once the crowd gets down a little bit and they wind down from eight to three or four or whatever, I think two. I think two are going to drop off next time, so they'll be down to to six, and hopefully Trump will decide to join at some point. But eventually, they're going to have to talk about you know how they're going to go about. I, from what from what I understand, I heard spending a lot. There was we spend too much money, and I didn't hear anyone talk about military spending. But uh, even though that's by far the largest spending that we do, I believe I think, Haley made a comment last night in support of Ukraine, right? And the war in Ukraine, we've only given them three point five percent of our defense budget. Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard. I laughed at that. I'm like, I, that's a yeah. pretty big number, I think. That would have been a great line if she was saying that in a sarcastic manner. Right. Manner. Right? 
I think that would hit with the base hard, but she was there was no sarcasm to that. No, none. It's like we've only given three percent of our military budget to Ukraine yeah. so far, and that, I think that might still be a little, you know, low, lowest just... as far as how how much we've given or or whatnot. So every. Yeah. Damn, one of them last night should have stood up and said, I'm against this war. I'm against funding the war. Yeah. That's I how think... I, you know, that's that's uh, that's my perspective. It's, at, at minimum, if they believe it, and that's an if, they should say it, and it will separate you from the rest of the crowd. What are they so afraid of? Well, or does Vivek... every one of them want the war? Well, Vivek definitely came out on, you know, not, not paying for uh, any more of that, which is not surprising uh, coming from the libertarian background. I think, you know, at that point, both Pence and, and Haley kind of said, you you don't know what you're talking about, basically, um, which is kind of a weak response uh, because it's not really arguing the point whether we should be involved in that or not, um, other than... You know, if we don't stop him here, he's going to go on further. And, you know, the usual that we hear, you know, why we need to get involved in other conflicts around the world. Um, so, you know, they were trying to be the voice of reason. And, and I, don't, I don't think Mike Pence did a bad job last night. Uh, I'm not a person. <laughs> he still comes off pretty stiff and whatnot, but that's just who he is, I guess. Um, I, you know, to me, as far as the field goes, um, I think Nikki Haley was sort of the voice of reason. I think she improved her profile. Yeah, at least I for, think, I, um, what I would say, oh, Pen, you're, you're, you're messing up now. Pen, Pence feels like he's running, he, Pence feels like he's running to win the non- He feels like he's running to win the 1988 Republican nomination. That's that's who that guy is to me. Maybe he thinks he is. You're right. I mean, he's a throwback, to say the yeah. least. And and we're not there, you know. And we weren't there, you know. I mean, John McCain tried to run that way as well against Obama. It didn't work. And th- that will probably be the last... Republican that gets the nomination running in that manner. I think McCain, I don't see it happening again. And I think that's the problem with the current Republican field right now is, you know, that's who they all are. Apparently with the exception of Trump and Ramaswamy, and you could, you could make the argument DeSantis if he could figure out how to run. Right. I agree. I'd agree. Haley comes from that dynamic too, uh, just the traditional conservative, uh, background, um, you know, Ronald Reagan supporting and, and they're trying to put the, you know, I would say they're trying to put the pen Pandora's box has been open and they're trying to put it back to where it once was, which, you know, you got to give them some credit for trying, uh, because just, they have to like every one of them needs to take a stance, right? And uh, Biden doesn't take a stance really either, honestly. But or at least he hadn't as a candidate. I guess he's doing it more so now as president. 
not that I agree with his stance, generally speaking, but I mean, we'll just take abortion last night. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Right. Her answer was garbage. You she said like it would be answer? difficult to get through Congress. She didn't take a stance at all. Take a stance. You support it or you don't. Tell the people where you are. Well, my take on garbage. That, my take on that is that she's effectively right that if if your point was you want to return it to the states and have each state decide, now we're talking about having a national ban. To me, it's a bait and switch because uh, I I've she could maybe it, maybe it's not, but. I always remember the the debate or the issue was, well, you know, states' rights, and but maybe it's true that, on a, in a and I agree. I mean, on an important issue like this, um, which I consider a very important issue, I think we should have a national agreement or consensus or legislation on. I, I it, you believe in more states' rights. I believe in more uh, federalism. So. I, I wouldn't shy away from that. Whatever, whatever the right number is in regards to, or the the right approach is in regards to uh, abortions and having them, you know, and legislation in regard to that. I I think that's the way it should go. I don't like the you idea know, of of on being one locked level, up. Right. I agree with you. I mean, there needs to be some federal involvement, but I think it's in a different direction than you. We shouldn't be allowing abortion until the moment of birth. No, I agree. I some mean, states are like allowing I said, that. I think... That's ridiculous. But I also think that if if Texas wants to make abortion illegal, I think they should absolutely have that right. If California wants to make it legal, fine. I'm I'm not an abortion supporter. Never have been. I'm I'm all for the state's rights, but I, I do think there needs to be at least some level of, you know, the kid's going to be born in five minutes. you got to kill it now or it's not legal anymore. I mean, that's just disgusting. It's, right. You'd think that we would be able to come to some type of – and I think the American people could probably generally is like, – like we say, we're the sensible center. I, I think – we could all come to some reasonable basis that it's not this point and it's not that point and um, it should be very, it should be rare but yeah. um, there should be the generally the option uh, at some point but you know she she shot that down right away saying you know there's no possibility for it could area better I think you know that's something that that we're not really addressing as a pack. We haven't written it into our, nope. um, our requirements. It's kind of somewhat of a wedge issue. We're we're more worried about reform and term limits, campaign finance reform. The rest of it's on the website, of course. Um, really, we've kind of left that out, you know, one way or the other from a, a funding standpoint. And the reason being is if we fight over something like that, we're not going to be able to get real reform. That's right. The, the 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 thing is, you're never going to get, and I believe this, and and it's been said over and over again, you're never going to get to the to solutions on those issues until you do the other reform, because nope. the system is broken in so many ways. Like she said, I mean, she didn't talk about reforming the system, but she said we're never going to get sixty votes on on any of this, and 
and that's because of all these other mechanisms that that there is no uh, real legislating and compromise going on because that's not how people are incented nowadays and so the real difficult issues be it social security be it the debt um, you name it involvement in foreign wars there's you know there's logical solutions to be had sensible solutions to be had but our political system and the incentives for those people involved are so messed up you can't get to those answers. So whatever issue you care about, be it, you know, any of those that we've discussed, it's going to be a, a very difficult. And, and she's right in that sense to get to get those, um, you know, answers and those compromises that the American people can yeah. support. Yep. No, and, and agree, I agree. I think she's right in saying it's going to be difficult to get through Congress. I just would have liked to see her take a bit more of a stance. And I actually thought that was the one spot where Pence hit a chord in the, you know, in the whole debate where Pence said consensus is the opposite of leadership. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's why I think DeSantis did well in Florida. I think that's why Trump did well in 2016. Um, I think that's why Ramaswamy's kind of dancing around, maybe relevant because, you know, they're they're saying things and taking stances at, at a minimum. Back to Nikki Haley, you know, she had the idea that, you know, when it came to climate change, we need to tell China and India to lower emissions. Right. And, you know, that's the same argument that a lot of people say. We need to support Ukraine because we stand against Russia. And and my opinion is we're not the president of the world. We need to stop acting like it. We've got no right to tell China and India to lower emissions. We can take action if that's what we truly believe. And I'm not making any stance on climate change here. If we need China, believe China and India need to take lower emissions, do something about it. Don't tell them to do it. Stop supporting them. Stop buying things from them. Stop creating free trade laws if that's what you want to do or take back the free trade laws that you created. Fine, take action, but you can't just tell people what to do because you're America. We're not their boss. We're not their president. I find that to be absolutely ridiculous. And again, I'm not arguing against free trade. I'm a free trade guy. That said, the attitude that America can just go out and tell other countries what to do is what gets us in trouble and what I think most Americans hate about our general political elite at this point. Yeah, we should lead through our actions and, uh, you know, our strength and and we, we can use our leverage and our buying power or whatever to, to create things that we'd like, but just going out and telling people what we want them to do. Um, I think those days, I think those days are well over, right? Yeah, I mean, for this cycle, right? It's a pendulum. Yep, definitely. Um, some other, some other funny things that came up. Did you hear where, uh, uh, Christy called, uh, Vivek, uh, chat GPT or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, said, I said that was a good line. Yeah, he was trying. He was trying to figure out a way to go after him. I'm, yeah, I, 
it kind of loosely made sense because he's kind of moving a mile a minute or you know what I mean? Like he doesn't stop talking and he's just going and going and going and going and sees what sticks. I I thought it was all right. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a good line. I just don't, you know, again, that's not policy, right? Yeah. Vivek's trying. And I was generally speaking, pretty disappointed with the whole, stage is from a policy standpoint there wasn't a whole lot of here's what i will do yeah they definitely have to get into that and i i I think they were all like a bit confused then because trump wasn't there so um i think they were all a bit confused about what to do and and how to approach it and i mean nikki haley she and maybe this is the approach to Trump. She she basically said, you know, I I she she worked for Trump. She said I you know I agree with most of his policies. I was proud to serve in his administration, but at the end of the day, he's the most disliked politician in America, and she doesn't think he can win the election. You know that, that's a possibility. I mean, you and have that's, to. That's you a have hard to, argument to argue against. Yeah, you have to attack them on electability because, you know, I, I didn't hear anything different policy-wise or anything. I mean, they talked about immigration and the, but here's the and thing, right? enforcing it's... the border. And, and it's like, yeah, this you're not really distinguishing yourself from from the, the lead candidate at all. You know, none of them did. Other than on, on character or, or whatnot, I... I didn't I'm just like not sure that any of the Republican candidates running outside of Trump at this point are any more electable than Kamala Harris. She's absolutely not electable, right? So, I mean, it's is Nikki Haley going to get 270 electoral votes? Absolutely not. Well, here's the thing, Bob. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I I hear you, but and, and, you know, as I've said before, this is a pickle because uh, then we're going to be stuck with the choices that we're at, right? I, I, I do think she's uh, qualified to be president of the United States. Um, I might even consider to say, I, I think I think several people were on that I, stage are qualified I, I, to be I president of the United States. I think Vex qualified. Right. We need a young president. I mean, well, Clinton was about 35, right, I think. So they're, Vivek was about the same age Clinton was when he got elected. Clinton, Clinton was around 40. I think Vivek was the youngest. Yeah. Okay. Maybe 38 Clinton was, I thought. Yeah, something like that. Clinton was the youngest up to that point. Yeah, regardless, I mean, it, um, Vivek, I think, is qualified. I, I'm not sure if he's sincere in his statements at this point. DeSantis could do it, San, you know, but being qualified and being electable is two different things. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll see if somebody pulls out in front. I think the next the next debate is, uh, I think, towards the end of September. Um, so we'll see. Honestly, if you put Dwayne The Rock Johnson up against Biden and Trump, do you think he could win? At this point, I uh, maybe, maybe, very well think something like, 
my point is electability matters, right? Yep. Yeah, it's all about, I mean, at this point, it's all about electability, you know, not because that's, that's how we're at, where we're at. Each party's looking at who would be the most electable. And you've got known, known quantities versus unknown quantities. So do you have, you know, a rematch? I don't think anyone's happy with that, though. So it's, it's kind of like the sequel to the movie that nobody wants to see, right? But they're going to still produce it because they know that people are going to end up buying the ticket and seeing it, right? And everyone's going to be disappointed. That's what I would equate this election to at this point, right? Did you see that some states are actually trying to take Trump off the ballot altogether? No. They're saying if Trump's the nominee, I think California was one of them, but there were others. Trump's the nominee, they're not going to allow him on their ballot. Huh. I haven't heard that. Which is really interesting to me. Because, again, I'm a states' rights guy. Right? So I'm not sure that there's a fight or an argument against that in, in a court of law but what's interesting about that is well then you get a state like i don't know let's say wisconsin it's pretty purple or pennsylvania right or ohio that decides all right well we're just not going to put biden on there because biden's got some political issues that we've covered already yeah, that would not be a good result, I don't think. Where do you end up? So I don't yeah, yeah I wonder what what happens there. I I I don't see that happening. Because uh, I it would get into a constitutionality issue, I think, and I think that would That's be the question. Quick, Is it constitutional? I, I, no, I don't think it would be. Because I think that the constitution's pretty clear on who can run for president. Um so keeping somebody off the ballot prevents them from running for president, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, you can write them in. There's nothing that says you can't write them in. Right. Eh. I'd be surprised if it gets anywhere, but I'll, I'll look into it. So anyways, I think that's probably, unless you have anything else on the debate. Uh, anything yeah, else? Yeah, let's see. Um, you know, I just had a few comments. Sure. Asa, he should drop out. <laughs> um, that's you all mean I've Ada? Him. You mean Ada? Ada, Ada. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you why I call him that. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out. What's ADA? It's Americans yeah, with I... Disabilities Act, right? Yeah. So he, he was, he, <laughs> the guy can't, this is Trump. He made the joke. In the Tucker Tucker quote unquote interview, that yeah. his nickname for Asa is Ada, but he but wouldn't tell him why because he would get into trouble. Like the, yeah. like 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 that's prevented him any time from saying anything. Yeah. So Asa should He's drop out. Chuck Todd, the sleepy eyed son of a bitch. Remember when he said that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. I, I, I've always liked Asa. Uh, but you're right. He's he's kind of that middle of the road centrist uh, Republican. He's probably not going to get too much uh, headway in this group, or at this time, anyway. Unfortunately. 
Tim Scott was good. I've liked him for years. That's um, all right. I think he should have taken a stronger stance on spending. Um, he had, you know, he had a kind of a, I don't know if I'd call it good. He had a portion of the debate where he, you know, he went after the base. If you're able, if you're able-bodied, you work. Take out a loan, you pay it back. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. You know, men versus men in sports, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, I don't know that there's a, you know, that to me can rile up the base. It's a very loose policy stance, but there's not really a lot of meat behind that sort of thing. Um, I just, I hope Tim Scott gets a chance to participate when there's four people in the race because maybe he'll have a better chance to speak kind of put some meat behind you know his policy um Burgum seems strong on the constitution that's libertarian i mean i, I like that he pulled that out of his pocket i think yeah maybe he'll gain a point or two from the debate i actually did think he did pretty well but i, I just don't see him competing he was pretty stuck on is is not surprisingly coming from North Dakota is his gas and oil agenda. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good for him. Stick yeah. up. I'll win another. I'll win another term as governor. Yep, and that's pretty much probably what he's running for more at this point. Maybe a run, you know, a a, a position somewhere. Right. But uh, one of the you know really strong thoughts about the debate I've got is. I think preconceived notions are more important than the, the debate was. Meaning? Um, well, people have already got their opinions, right? So people have already got an opinion about Trump. Trump can go out there, say whatever he wants. doesn't really matter. We already know who Chris Christie is, right? He's a... And some people's opinion of Rhino, um, you call him an establishment politician. That's what I'd call him. He's an establishment politician. There's not a lot he's going to say that's going to remove people from that opinion. And if you want an establishment politician, fine. But he didn't do anything last night that's going to change people's minds. Nikki, she's Nikki. Um, I don't think she has it. Um, Ron DeSantis. People know who he is, but he's already fighting, you know, questions about his awkwardness more than anything else. Um, he can't gain traction, and he should just be holding his record up to everybody and saying, you know, look, here I am. So some of it's probably a preconceived notion that's written by the media, I think, but like it or not, people have them. Um, and, and Ramaswamy, again, I think. He's making a few waves, but I still think people kind of have a general lack of trust on him in large part because they don't know him, but also in small part because he's now starting to get attacked. There's, you know, again, he's a rich guy, pharmaceutical ties, George Soros ties. There's records of him saying one thing and then saying another thing a few weeks later. And that example that I had earlier of the climate change hoax versus climate change is legit it's just one of them right so i mean did last night i'll just ask you did anybody change your mind about them 
Um, did the notions you have about them, did the notions you had or ideas and thoughts you had about a candidate, did they change at all last night? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think DeSantis is going to get traction. Um, Vivek, I, I understand where he's coming from, and he is the fresh voice here, but uh, feels like a lost puppy dog. He's got to work on. He's got. <laughs> he's got a ways to go. Uh, um, you know, I'm always like the voice of reason and the, the the sensible person, and so Nikki Haley seemed to be the Nikki and Tim probably are, are the two, uh, and even Mike Pence are are you know kind of the the middle of the road not for for the the Republican Party. Anyway. But you've liked Nikki Haley for I, I, years. You know, I think I won't. I think, at least you've you've respected her as a candidate because yes. we've talked yeah. about her years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. No, nothing changed. No. But I think she had a decent, decent showing. So, um, yeah, I, I think people come in with preconceived notions, especially if they're not talking about anything, like you said, anything uh, groundbreaking or new or uh, anything really deep into policy. Um, you know, nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna move the needle that much, um, other than kind of personality traits and, and, uh, those kind of views that you take away from these things that, uh, you get to see, you know, them kind of in that forum for two hours. So we'll see what comes next. My, my guess is it'll wind up, you know, it'll whittle down. And like you said, uh, you know, there'll be two or three or four, and then they're going to have to consolidate against uh, around someone. Um, you know, at this point, it seems uh, DeSantis is still there, but uh, it could be any of the any of the other. You know, could be could be Nikki, could be Vivek. Uh, I don't see too many other people having too much. Could be Tim Scott, possibly. Uh, I don't think my I don't think Pence stands a chance or. Uh, any of the others on the stage as far as being any kind of competition against uh, Donald at this point. Um, all right. Under Trump. Well, that, that's, the, uh, that's the debate wrap-up, the Republican debate wrap-up. And what we'll do is, uh, you know, if the next one includes Donald, we'll... we'll uh, We'll cover that one. Otherwise, if, if nothing changes, we'll we'll go on to other topics. But uh, kind of as an interlude. Are you going to wrap some Eminem? Like Ramaswamy, <laughs> you're doing that today, right? That's right. Here we go. This is my wrap now. Uh, as an interlude, before we talk briefly about the, the, the Trump-Tucker interview, I'd like to present another episode of Biden Family Ties. As you remember last time, dear listener, and Biden Family Ties is brought to you by Burisma, National Gas Company, out of the Kiev, Ukraine. And we fix laptops out of Wilmington, <laughs> Delaware. So, now, again, this is all hypothetical, satirical, not based on any real characters or situation. But imagine, if you will, dear listener, a woman is sitting at her kitchen table, grating papers 
and a big cup of coffee sitting in front of her as she burns the midnight oil. Bourbon. Bourbon, yep. And then her cell phone, which sits next to her, begins to ring. It's the theme for Miami Vice. She frowns, knowing that her messed up stepson, Hunter, is calling. She feels for him, but she wishes he would just stop calling her. So she reluctantly picks up and hears, Hey, Mom! And cringes slightly. Oh, hi, dear. I wish you would just call me Jill. What's up? Oh, Mom. Just thinking about you as I'm sitting here at my Narcotics Anonymous meeting. How's Dad doing? Oh, you know your father. He's usually bumbling self. I wish Barack would have over once to the White House to get him off out of the house. He keeps stumbling around and breaking things. Oh, Dad's a, Dad's a hoot, Mom. He's been that way since he was 32. Speaking of which, isn't it Dad's birthday next week? Oh, yes, dear. In fact, it is. But I've actually lost count of how old he is. Uh, so have I, Mom. But I would like to throw him a surprise birthday party at the Cafe Milano next week. I know he loves that place, and so my, my I mean his friends. But it's so easy to surprise him since he forgets it's his birthday or even what day it is. He's a hoot, Mom. He certainly is, dear. I think that's a great idea. Let's say we stop by around 7 on Tuesday. Uh, uh, no, Mom, that won't work. Uh, my, I mean his friends, aren't in town until Thursday. Um, so we'll have to be then. Uh, but dear, that's not his birthday. Uh, I know, Mom. Uh, but uh, just do me a solid. Just uh, have the Secret Service drive him to the Cafe Milano on Thursday at 8. You won't need to come. I'd just like it to, uh, you know, be a boys' night out. Growing suspicious, she gives in, says, sure, dear, and hangs up. Cut to Thursday night at the busy Cafe Milano. Joe stumbles in and sees his son with a group of folks he doesn't recognize. As he walks to the table, he sees the bottles of vodka on the table and has this sinking feeling. He turns towards the camera and plants his palm firmly on his face. <laughs> and that, my friends, is another episode of Biden Family Ties. I think you... How'd you like the, how'd you like the Hunter voice? It was supposed to be... It's a mix between the liar character, John Lovett's liar character, and like yeah. a 30s gangster. That's not bad at all. <laughs> The only thing I would have changed is Hunter, or at one point in the story, Joe would have been swimming naked in the pool with the Secret Service having to watch him. All right. That's I'll have you touch up my script next time. There you go. I literally, if you couldn't tell, I literally wrote it five minutes before we started. Yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't away. He was out in the pool. Secret Service is watching him swim. But, yeah, other than that, not, not too bad. Yeah, that's, you know... We're going to try to provide occasional comic relief. Hopefully, that, that, that's somewhat funny. Hopefully, uh, we'll get better at this. <laughs> right? What?
That's... <laughs> Settle down, Kevin. I didn't mean that as an insult. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I, I thought that one was better than the last one. You know, at least no, I did. Was I did character I voices. I did have dialogue and sound effects. Can yeah, you beat that? I, no, I I haven't added any sound effects yet, at least intentionally. Yeah, yeah you barely came up with a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. All right. Anyways, yeah, we we are planning on adding some humor and relief and. And we've got some ideas, so stick with us, customers. It's not all going to be serious political talk. Because as I talk to people about it, especially younger folks, uh, you know, I mentioned it's a political contest, and they go, ah, can you do something funny? That's what they say. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I've caught some of that, too. I think we need to get a little more humor in here, and uh, we'll figure that out. Get the comedy writers right on it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get the staff right at it. So, anyways, uh, we'll we'll jump to the the Tucker Trump interview, uh, if if you could call it an interview that was, uh, I guess, I guess he posted it just, you know, right around the time of the debate. Is that right? I kind of looked after the debate and I found. Yeah, it he uh, he went live about five minutes right before the debate. Yeah. So, uh, you know, your initial comment to me was. It seemed like he was fairly low, low energy Trump, uh, which I, which I would kind of agree with. It was, there wasn't, uh, you know, it was the typical, a lot of people, many people say, uh, you know, he, he didn't even, you know, he didn't even come up with too many new nicknames. I mean, he threw out the desanctimonious and of course, as we talked about the Ada, which I got a, a kick out of, I didn't. I, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't labeled uh, Vivek Apu yet, you know. <laughs> that would be great. I that would be. It's coming. I think that would be a natural, you know. <laughs> yeah. I might just, I might just send him a zit and give, yeah. give him that one, you know. <laughs> He'll hire me as a campaign advisor. That, Ramaswamy. That's, that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. That's, that's. That's classic Trump right there. That's yeah, then he just transferred the crooked nickname. You should run nickname. for president. Yeah, he transferred the crooked nickname, as he pointed out, from Hillary to Joe. <laughs> He's like, yep. I transferred that from Hillary to Joe. Yeah, we get it. We, you know. Yeah, it was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Look, this guy, he's literally too much. I mean, I was, I was watching it, you know, like 11 o'clock last night in the bedroom, and I was just, I was just laughing. Well, and I what? thought that was the strong point he had, right? Because, I mean, you know, he's he's great at creating an image of others. He didn't really say anything policy important in that whole 25 minutes with Tucker. But, he, you know, he created a great image of Joe. I transferred frickin' from Hillary to Joe. He looks Hillary. like he's walking on toothpicks. What does that even mean? Yeah, we could get into his whole discussion on Joe on the beach. He's fighting the beach. I think he spent. I think he spent ten minutes talking about Joe on the beach. Can't and pick then, up a two ounce chair. He came up with a. Yeah, he can't pick up a chair. He's got his stick legs. You ever see him walk yeah. on the beach? <laughs> this you're, is. I this mean, is. You're, you've ever seen, you're. You're just waiting for him to collapse, and he almost always does. <laughs> 
You know nobody's writing this stuff for him. He's coming up with it just off the top of his head. That's just fantastic. You know, the the Kamala Harris remarks, I think he missed a little bit there when he was talking about the bus, right? Yeah. She always rhymes. The bus goes here. Bus goes there. Yeah. That's what a bus does. I think he meant, I think that was probably written and he forgot it because. Yeah, it kind of fell apart at him. He didn't have the line. The bus goes to, the bus goes fro, that's what buses do, or fro to do, something like that. I think he probably meant something, like, you know, he missed it, messed that up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like he does. The, you know, he came up with the bushies. They're bushies. Yep, I never bush. heard him say that before. Yep. And, you know, talking about Jeffrey Epstein, because that's, that's news. <laughs> I was surprised he took that stance. I really was, that. That he no. wasn't killed? Yeah. Yeah. I think Tucker was trying to go. Clearly, Tucker thinks he was killed. Yeah. And I think I think Tucker was trying to set up the question he had later and whether or not Trump thinks the government will try to kill him, right? I think he was trying to really set that up. But, yeah, I think I found it really interesting that stance. You know, Trump was pretty adamant, like, no, I think he probably did it. And then, you know, I had some questions on whether or not it was self-reflective when he, he made the comment, like, well, think about it. You know, he had all these beautiful properties and beautiful women, and then he just <laughs> was stuck in jail. Right. You know, and there there's definitely, it felt like some self-reflection went on there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I stopped yeah, the thought did. there because I didn't want it to go dark. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, right. but... Um, yeah, Tucker yeah. Def- definitely was fixated on. Well, if the, you know they're they're indicting you, and that's that's increasing your polls. What do they have to do to stop you? He asked twice. Tucker mm-hmm. asked twice whether he thought they were going to kill him. Yeah, he did. And you know, you're right. Trump Trump didn't even take that bait. You know, he he kind of you know side pedaled that those questions, and you know, so uh, and uh, you know he, he started talking about. Well, there was the, you know, they got back into water pressure. I thought that, I thought that, I thought that was issue with solved, but evidently water pressure is still, still a thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the key there, I mean, I think the interview is a bit of a microcosm for what the rest of the campaign is going to look like, because he spent most of the interview defending himself and he didn't cover policy much at all. Right. I mean. I would guess most of it was defending himself. Portion of it was attacking Joe based upon his capability to be a president, which I think is warranted. No policy. And that's what we're looking at for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, they're just kind um, of resting on their laurels or that they're a known entity and just go from there. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. The political troubles are going to suck the air out of any policy message through the rest of the campaign. And I, and those that think, you know, the sense that the Department of Justice is kind of cheating him and abusing the power and the President Biden is abusing his just Department of Justice to go after Trump. I think a lot of people probably think that's his goal. Let's suck all the money out of the campaign we can. Let's suck the air out of any policy message he can. Keep him focused on defending himself in, in court and in, in public. And I it's just it, it's really it's an in, interesting case you know there's a lot to think about there 
It's not um, a bad strategy, but it's just a bad strategy for the country. It's a horrible strategy right. for the country. Where right. does it go from here? That's right. that's the concern, you know. It's and I know you believe that if you're guilty, you should absolutely be charged. And I and, and I agree with you there as well. But given the whole situation with Hunter, which we don't need to get back into, given the situation with the other politicians in the past, whether it be pardons or no charges or plea deals, and when you compare them to what's going on with Trump and what has gone on with him since he really stepped off that escalator years ago, it it doesn't look great. You still think and, the scales are... I'll they're they're pressing the scales against him. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe not as uh, much as he contends. But nonetheless. Yeah, I'm not saying the guy's innocent, you know. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm but I could okay. I could make I an mean, argument that Tell he's, me a president in the last 10 presidents that didn't have classified documents that they're Place of yeah, residence. but there's, there's one. different extenuating circumstances to that. Uh, I think you know that he he fought that, and he he. I think the charges are the intent to hide uh, versus actually having them in your possession. What I are think the chances? He, I think that if President he turned Obama them over, I think if he documents. turned them over when they asked for them, I don't think there would be an issue. What are the chances I'm, I'm that President that. Bush still has classified probably, documents probably. sitting in his office today? Probably, because I, I think, I think the classification uh, system needs to be looked at. Because I think a lot of things are classified that might not be need to be classified, and I think there's just a lot of documents. I, you know, I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that once he knew we had them, he did not provide them. And I think the the charges and some of the the, the the people who are involved will indicate that he was moving him around and showing him to other people and saying, I shouldn't show you, but here it is anyway. So a little that's bit true. different. Let's not that's get into this. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Other than, other than to say you think it's, it's a little bit on the political side. I don't think as much. I think I can make the argument that in fact, that he was a former president of the United States might give him some deference in regards to uh, moving forward with charges because it's such a high profile and so meaningful for the, the, the country that uh, if they didn't think uh, that they really needed to charge him and didn't think that they had him on these things, and time will tell. I, I still don't know if you're going to find a, have a jury who's going to find him or is going to convict him of the charges. So I think that's that's the largest risk here. But anyways. Yeah, um, Let's, yeah I agree. Let's stay to, away from this because we'll be on for an hour about yeah, it. But Getting back to the, the interview. Um, so, you know, I, I thought, and I think one thing he came up with was the Manchurian candidate thing. I think you're going to hear that probably a lot from him, that Biden's a Manchurian candidate with the China money and the, uh, I think that's a line. I think he, I think he came up with it, and he was throwing it. I've never heard him say that before, but I, I would imagine that 
Uh, we could expect to hear that a lot. I, th- I didn't expect, you know, the Panama Canal to be coming up in that interview. I didn't know that. <laughs> that was surprised. I, I, I didn't know that that was still, you know, a contention. He went back to, I think, you know, I think that was Jimmy Carter's administration. He really went back in time, but uh, uh, we could go China back to China and walk. Cuba is interesting, too. Yeah. China and Cuba. Hey, through the, those were some new things that we hadn't heard about before, but I think he was trying to just tie in the whole China thing to Joe and, and you know, um, and things like that. Yeah. So Yeah, the the thing is policy, right? I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of policy in that interview, just no. like there wasn't in, in the debate, generally speaking. I think we can assume the border is going to be a policy. Um, we can assume that if he gets hired, he'll very quickly fire a few high-profile people like he did at the beginning. But the, again, those are assumptions. Um, there was no question about the vaccine, which I thought was a miss um, and how COVID was handled. I don't know if that's because Trump was kind of controlling the time frame or not there, right? Right. Um, but I... I think back personally, right, right after Trump got elected, the first budget he signed, and the base was upset that he was going to sign it because there was just a ton of pork and a ton of money for special interest and everything else in that. And he delayed signing a little bit, but he came out and he said, I'm going to sign this because it needs to get done, but I'm not going to sign another like this. And then course he signed three more right right so i don't think my thought is if he gets elected he's not another you know we already know who he is he he can't run anymore as the candidate that's going to change the system break the system and change things because he didn't because he didn't right and he didn't present himself as that against or the other night on, on Tucker, right? He, nope, he just didn't. He hasn't. Nope. So I don't know if he can get that lightning in a bottle again and, and win. The only chance he's got is running against Biden and Biden's deficiencies. Yeah. I, I you know, like I said, and it's a, it's a it, pickle. Uh, it doesn't take us forward as a country either way. Still, still gives me hope that some third party candidate, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, what if Vivek or somebody broke loose and, you know, joined the no labels or, or some third party. I, I still think, I still think we're going to see third party contention here pretty strong. Uh, it's simply because the numbers in regards to people who don't want this to be the race. Is, is way if high. that's going to happen, it's got to happen soon. Yeah, so we're now in I don't know. debate season. We're only, what, four months away from the primary? I don't know. Sometimes it half. helps to show up late. Sometimes it helps to show up late. Especially if you're known entities at that point. I mean, you gotta you got to be a known entity, right? Like, well, again, I think if you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Right, you or, have to you have to have that that appeal, or or people have to know who who you are to 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 instantly get up. But you know that's still possible. 
All right, Dwayne The Rock. Uh, we're going to reach out to him to talk on the next podcast, <laughs> along with Vivek. We haven't heard back from, from Bernie at all. We I reached out to Bernie Sanders to talk about, because last time we talked about um, modern monetary uh, theory. Um, he hasn't responded yet, but hopefully he'll respond. And we'll continue to reach out to guests to, to appear on the show to provide you an interesting and informative uh, podcast. But I think that's uh, that's it for now, right, Bob? Or we got anything else? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you made it to the end. Hopefully it was uh, somewhat informative, funny, and uh, a reasonable discussion, and you took away something uh, that you can uh, – uh, you know, uh, enjoy your week. Um, all right. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Bob. Take it easy, Kevin. Bye.